Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. I keep trying to find ways to shout out Chase Drew, but at this point, I just need you guys to go check him out. There's just no other option. Great musician, better guy. Go help him with his dreams. Stream his music. You already know his name. There we go. You you know who it is. You know his name. I don't need to say anything else. Go support the boy. With me today, as always, I have the amazing co-host, Devin Box. Devin, what's going on with you today? Had to mark a lot of students' papers today, which was kind of boring, so I'm looking forward to riveting conversations. Gotta stimulate that brain. Exactly. Now, it was Devin's birthday last week, so we went to a seafood place because that's what Devin and I enjoy. We got, we're huge seafood guys. We got lots of good food, so quick happy birthday. Shout out to Devin last week. But you know what goes well with good seafood? A good podcast. And oh boy, do I have a good podcast for mm-hmm. you. That's the Health Science Podcast. New episodes every Thursday where Devin dives into leading research in health science and explains what it means to us. So if you like seafood and you like health science, go check them out on all streaming platforms that you found us on. Like PB&J. There we go. Like you got seafood. You got just a good podcast. They just go so well together. So Devin puts both of those into perspective. (laughs) If you're new to the podcast, welcome. The Fiscal Frisk is a podcast dedicated to taking literature relating to business and finance and frisking it down and making it understandable to all the viewers and Devin. Since Devin is not an expert in the finance field, he is just here to ask questions when needed and to seek clarification. Now, before we get into today's episode, obviously this week and probably for the next couple of week, weeks, it's going to be surrounding all about the election. Dun, dun, you know, dun. Everything I read, everything I see, and we're Canadian and we still, all, all we see is just Sleepy Joe versus Orange Man. So <laughs> I, I just want to take a break from all the politics side of all of this. You know, we're not here to spew our political opinion or like we talked about the different political ideologies and the economic policies maybe around that. But I just didn't want to do that just because all we've seen is politics. So I just kind of want to get away from that and just have an episode where you don't have to think about the election because we still don't even know who won. Like this is Wednesday night. So this is day two. And we still have no idea who even won, kind of what's happening. So they all won. We're all winners. No, <laughs> there's definitely not everyone's winners. <laughs> Yeah, this is, a, this is a safe haven from that crap. Exactly. Come, come listen here. <laughs> so instead, as you saw in the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about small businesses. Now, Devin, we've talked about in previous episodes a lot of about the stimulus packages and aid packages going to consumers, so a citizen of a country, and how big businesses are still thriving in the economy because the stock markets are obviously still up. Uh, we're going way further. We went way further into that on previous episodes, so go check that out. But we did not talk about the people who are getting hurt the most from this pandemic. And it's not just you or me or big businesses. That is the small businesses. For those who don't know, I work at a financial institution and I've kind of just seen firsthand the struggles of the pandemic on small businesses. Lots of businesses are closing. And I think it's important not just to talk about why they are struggling, but let's bring some positivity and hope and kind of remind people to support local businesses and support small businesses. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be following an article called Seven Business Owners Share Lessons They've Learned Through Success and Hardship During the Pandemic. Side note, uh, this was written by the CBC. So a lot of this has to do with the, like Canada. And obviously we had different lockdown restrictions and just different policies in general. But these lessons hopefully will be globalized that you can take them away regardless. So if you're from the US, Australia, UK, because we global, baby. 
that you can take <laughs> away the, all of these lessons. So the first lesson, they used an example of a gym that had to close its doors because of the reduced class sizes. Uh, it made it no longer financially viable because of the participant restrictions. But the gym owner explained uh, she trusted the numbers, which is the first lesson. Um, because of the small capacity, it has kind of torn business owners regardless of sector because businesses want to ensure safety in their businesses. And they look to go above and beyond kind of provincial and federal government restrictions to ensure customers would feel comfortable. Because as we know, this is a new situation for all of us. It's important to make customers or people just feel safe. Now, I don't know about you, Devin, but you know, we've gone out, we've, uh, we've tried to do normal ish things like go to stores or like go out to eat. And when places kind of have better guidelines or like safer guidelines, you just generally feel more safe when a company is like has doing more precautions or like or precautious measures. Right. Yeah. And even to the extent, like I know fit for less, <clears throat> we got sent an email where right. they were like, we want feedback. We want to make sure that what we're implementing lines up with how you guys are using the gym. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're, they're taking an active role. And I've definitely been to some, you know, places, whether it be restaurants or institutions that have done a better job and some that have done worse. And I do agree. I think, you know, having that base level of, of precaution, very important. It makes definitely, definitely makes me feel better. Yeah. And obviously I know that this isn't like a small business by any means, but I know Apple, when I broke my laptop and needed a new device, like they had very distinct lineups. Like they had like five different lineups, like people who need to go to the genius bar, uh, people who need to pick up their items or just like you had to get your temperatures checked. You had all their contact information for contact tracing. It was all contact list. So you never actually touched anything. So it was just, they were really good with the precautions. So, but that's only like the one side about trusting the numbers. The other side, what they mean by trust the numbers is what it means to your financial position, because it is also important to be practical and honest about your financial situation at the time. The gym owner really like had a really good quote to sum up this first point. And it says, we can't really serve the communities if we are deeply compromised personally. And so trusting the numbers, sometimes it's very tough to face those realities. Because obviously you want everything to be normal-ish, but if you offer a business or service, you kind of have to alter that service to make it so that's applicable to everyone. Like if you have like a small space, you can't have a lot of people within that space. So you have to trust that and you have to trust your financial position because there's no point of trying to get around health guidelines if you're going to compromise a whole community, because it just makes it worse for everyone. Yeah. And <clears throat> those measures might look different. Like I know my barber, they had to increase prices and it's like, it's almost double the amount. I'm pretty sure of what we were paying before. Right. But that's just because a, they can't fit as many people, you know, in, yeah. in the location at once. And right. they're probably not as, you know, getting as much traffic at all. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't be able to, like right? people just maybe would be like, you know, maybe before pandemic, you'd be like, I want to get a haircut you know, every three weeks to a month, whatever it is. Yeah. Then pandemic comes along and you're like, man, I don't really don't need to get that haircut. I'm working from home. I'm not going out on dates. It's then that, that frequency then goes to two months and that's right. specific to that, you know, sector. Yeah. But yeah, there's obviously a lot of different adjustments that each business would have to be honest with themselves um, in order to keep everyone safe and keep their doors open. And again, changes in prices, Mm -hmm. um, whether you're going to open up a new patio if you're a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. So many places different. like open up parking lot patios, like just trying to find different ways because just like, again, the whole idea is none of us are health experts. Leave the health expert stuff to the health expert people. Hold on. Other than Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't call myself an expert. I'm yeah. expert in my field, but like general health, that's 
It's quite the quite the title. So. Yeah. So just le- like save it for them. Like they, you know, obviously we're not just willy nilly following people around, but like when something is put into place, we do have to follow it. So just kind of to adapt to that and just trust the numbers. On, like I said, from the health perspective and from the financial perspective. So that's lesson number one. The second lesson is about being cautious. This is just about not jumping the gun on anything too quickly as things tend to adapt and it changed over time. Like it was really quickly. Like I feel bad for companies who spent lots of money getting their businesses kind of ready to reopen after lockdown. So when we reopen into phase two or phase three for people who don't know. In Canada specifically, we kind of went into a lockdown, like so our phase one where a lot of places weren't open. Just to clarify, I think it's more specific to Ontario too. Yeah. That's been Ontario's approach. Yeah. They each have kind of, yeah. So then like, you know, everyone kind of put its stuff into place. Like it was like restaurants reopened and you could dine inside, uh, but you like obviously you need to be socially distanced. You had to take out some booths, whatever it may be. But some cities actually had to, so businesses spent all this money to get their businesses ready to go phase two, phase three. And some cities like Toronto region, Ottawa, Windsor, I think all had to go back to different phases, like reduced phases. Like once we went to phase three, they had to go back to phase two. So they spent pretty much all this money for really no reason for them just to get shut back down again. And obviously, like you can't predict a lot of this stuff. But what we can take away from this is you have to make an informed decision about all the information that you have. Like we at this point, we can't just look back at history and say this is how the economy will respond because we've never gone through this. Like this is not how we can do this right now. Like all of these decisions are like brand new decisions for everyone. So you just kind of have to take it at a time and just be cautious with your decisions. Just get all the information that you have and just be smart with it, right? Like kind of find those alternative measures. Like instead of like doing the inside, a lot of like the restaurants did the outside patios and like really increase the size and use parking lots for like an example, right? So it was just obviously this is a lot easier said than done, but it's a good, still a good lesson to take away. I guess being cautious is probably a, a good piece of evidence in anything financial, right? Like I don't, I don't think, I mean, you might be able to find those people and you kind of see them on TV shows where they're just throwing their money around, making bold decisions. And it makes it seem like that. that. It's not like that at all. Like you, again, it's just about like taking all the information that you have in front of you and making an informed decision. Like it should not be on a spree. Right. But that that goes to that trust the numbers thing too. Mm Because I think um, if you are, if you trust the numbers and you look at that, you're taking in the data and you're making informed decisions. Like you're not yep. just go, having a gut feeling, oh, I'm going to open this or I'm going to do that. Yep. Right. Like that, that informed decision should be then guided by kind of a conservative or cautious approach to what right. you do with your money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then, so that was the second lesson. The third lesson is about a shift and kind of just how quick it happened. Now, this is a little bit more uh, speci- like a sector specific, but as we talked about the pandemic, it has changed everyone's spending habits. So the example was when lockdown was implemented. So Alberta kind of did the same thing as us with different phases and everything. So when lockdown first started, um, this paint store ended up having a crazy increased amount of business because with people stuck at home, a variety of home improvement businesses saw a boost in demand. So what are ways that businesses like our businesses can adapt or just business models in generals to make it more friendly of this new way of spending? Uh, like again, another example that they had was a gym that ended up having to close. They rented out their equipment and then got rid of their brick and mortar store and then 
turned everything kind of virtual, right? So just kind of changing your business model to what it is now and like how can you, because chances are people are not going to change their spending habits once life probably goes back to normal. Like this is probably our new normal. So like even you kind of have is, to shift and adapt and change. Even if we get back to that, it would still be slow. Like yeah. it's not like a light switch where you're just back to normal. So like you would probably be better off adjusting to it and then right. adjusting slowly back if it does adjust back. Right? Yeah. Again, like restaurants with Uber Eats, Skip, other stuff like offering food delivery services. Like um, Shelby's is a good example. They, they, they started their own delivery service for their own business as well, expanding their businesses. A lot of people obviously going e-commerce style, like getting rid of brick and mortar stores because there's just not many people going into stores anymore. So just kind of what are ways that you can adapt your model to make it relevant? And like we said, for like the CPI, like the consumer price index, like people are changing the way that they spend. Like you said, cell phones weren't a thing 20, 30 years ago. Obviously, I'm not saying go out and invent the new cell phone, but like <laughs> find ways to adapt to make it like you're still relevant in today's times. It's the hairdressers, <laughs> inventors. Exactly. <laughs> the barbers. <laughs> and the next lesson is about the changing in again about the changing in consumer spending, but more specifically is that there's just not as many customers. Like there's just people not going out, people aren't going to the brick and mortar stores as we talked about. Some businesses have to change due to seasonality. This is uh, a risk in its example. It would be like landscaping companies. Uh, because obviously when th once the winter months kind of go away, like you can't do the gardening and the other stuff. So like you have to find something to supplement the landscaping, like you said, like with snow removal or like something else, right? It's uh, like obviously with when the seasons change, you have to kind of find a different business model. That's kind of what it's like today with like people. A good example would be like an auto body shop. There's not many cars on the road when lockdown happened because people were kind of forced to stay at home. So cars just weren't going to auto body shops. But say now, because of uh, winter months, people are kind of going back to work. Auto body shops are kind of flooded with like winter tire changes, everything like that. So the whole idea of this lesson is try to find ways, like you have your peaks and your valleys. So like to take those peaks to help you get you through those valleys is pretty much the main takeaway from this lesson. Because for every high, obviously you need a low, and people don't really think about that. When you're at a high, you spend money, whatever, you take on more debt, whatever it may be. But that's not obviously the best scenario for some things. And then when you get down to the through, then you run out of money, you, then you have to shut down or whatever it may be, right? So just like save money, don't take on more debt, whatever it may be because like we don't know how long this pandemic would be. So like, should you expand during this time? Probably not. Like you should save as much capital as you want in case you need money at the time. And so that was that lesson. The next lesson, I think we're on lesson five now, uh, and it is super important and it's about trusting yourself and the business. And I know we talked about to be cautious, but this, this is still really important is that entrepreneurs and like we talked about this on your podcast like they just kind of have that something like I wouldn't call it like swagger but like you know like they just have that thing about them you're just like yeah like that dude's like an entrepreneur and like they trusted themselves like they put like they trust their products they went out on a limb like they trusted their gut and like obviously they're pretty successful or whatever it may be like they running their small business it's like you didn't get to this point just off of locker chance, like you know what you're doing. So part of it is like be cautious, but like the other part of it is that you need to trust your gut. 
and like it's your business you choose what you have to do you typically don't regret the choices that you make you regret the choices that you didn't make yeah yeah like don't don't also be 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 cautious and calculated but don't be afraid to actually make the changes that you think you need to make yeah right so that is just like a super important part of it is that you just don't want to be too cautious because then you don't have chance to grow and then now we're going to move on to this is lesson six and that is educate there was just so much uncertainty throughout the country like no one knew about like their jobs like people got laid off bills how to make ends meet but it's important that as everyone we share information with each other so that we can all come out of this pandemic in a win-win scenario we are all going through the same thing we all have the same issues so we kind of just have to take this day by day. The best example of this was uh, mortgage brokers because people like they could, would just default on their loans. We could have a potential 2008 crisis again because all these people couldn't afford their homes because all these people lost their jobs. But the government came out with a deferral program so that you didn't have to pay interest on your loans, at least for like a little bit of the pandemic. But they didn't really talk about how it was going to work or how it was implemented so a lot of people were kind of scared because they had no idea what to do or like how to apply for these programs. So mortgage brokers reached out like the one uh, gentleman that they interviewed for this article. He reached out to all of his clients and potential clients, and he actually got a lot more business up to 30 percent more sales because he was actually out there educating people like, oh, if you're scared that you won't be able to make your mortgage payments, this is how this deferral program works, blah, 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 sort of thing. Right. So we all kind of educate each other because like. We all like, it's not, we don't know everything. Like, you know, stuff that I don't, and I know stuff that you don't. That's why we have our own podcast. We're here to educate people that that's how small business owners should be with each other. Right. Is because if we all educate ourselves, regardless of sector, like you should educate people and inform them. And then this would help everyone in general. Like if you're a delivery service, Maybe contact a place that you know that doesn't have delivery and offer your delivery service. So then they are able to reach more customers. You have another customer and then everyone wins in that scenario, consumer and both of the business owners, right? Yeah, it's an opportunity to kind of cross the borders of what your areas of expertise are, right? And if you've yeah. done something and you know you were successful at it, yeah, share those tips. And too. there's lots of businesses like that that I really like in uh, specifically London, like the Innovations Workplace. Where, like you rent office space and you like whatever you're an expert in, you can kind of teach each other off uh, what you're strong in versus what you're weak in, right? Yeah. And because of the pandemic, because we're forced to kind of change everything, this has been a, like this is a really good way for you to network and kind of come up with new ideas or like merge, right? Callaway Top Golf, right? They merged because like they have to find some way to keep people entertained or whatever it may be, right? So just like you don't know how much you can learn from all of this. So just a, like the pandemic has been so good to us about educating, right? Think about how educated we've gotten because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been forced to learn too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like as much as you don't want to learn or if you want to learn, like we're forced to learn. So, yeah. but that's sometimes, you know, when you diamonds are made under pressure, right? Nobody chooses to put themselves on the burner, but yeah. you know, sometimes when you're under the crunch, you, uh, you'll prosper more than you think. Yeah. And then the final lesson and kind of what we should end on is we need to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's kind of that once everything is over attitude, obviously we should have a little bit of optimism and try not to look at it from a pessimist view is no matter whatever the business idea, 
no matter what the sector is. There's just so many impacts outside of our control, like a pandemic. But once everything is hopefully normal, and again, I think there will be some day where things are a little bit easier or things kind of go a little bit back to normal-ish or whatever it may be, or things change to a new normal, is that we can make, if you can make it through this, you can, pro- you can make it through anything, right? Like this is just a setback and this is how you should view it. It's, it's a setback. It's not an end all. It's not like this is going to be here forever. So just kind of, we all need to work on this together and look at the, like the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So I hope these lessons gave everyone some more hope or something to take away. Um, if you are a small business owner, reach out to me. I always leave my email in the description. Let me know how you're handling the pandemic or any other tips, and maybe we can make another podcast on it. I think this is a good place to end. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Need something to do when you're done listening? Continue to bless your ears with Chase Drew. Great music, great guy. Go listen. And when you need to stimulate your brain again after taking a break with Chase Drew, go listen to Devin's podcast, the Health Science Podcast, where you can learn how to stimulate your brain with all the way to gut health. This podcast, new episodes every Thursday. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Fiscal Frisk. From Devin and I, have a great day.